Okay, take two. There we go. Intro music and everything. Uh, hello, welcome to the first episode of Perception Issues. My name's Ian uh, and I'm here with Annabelle. Hello, Annabelle. Hello, Ian. How, Ooh, I sound like a chipmunk. How, how are you in a sound? Uh, squeaky. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so we're here uh, making a podcast. Uh, why are we making podcasts? Largely because, because we can. We thought it would be a good idea and uh, we, we have the means. And Ian likes to talk. I like to talk. Yeah. And that's what podcasts are, basically, is just talking. Uh, so basically, we thought this would be easy, yeah? So this is, this is simple. But then we, we kind of thought about it more. And, you know, talking, talking is, is words. And well, That was deep. That was is. really deep. Stay with me here. Um, and words themselves, um, they're, they're not simple all of the time, are they? Uh, words, words are quite hard when, when you, you come to think of it. Are you thinking of it? I, I really, I've got nothing to come back to with that. Okay, well, so today we're going to be looking at some words. When we say words are difficult, we're not talking about everyday words that, that we use. We're talking about the words which people may get a little bit confused. No matter how well read you are or, or how much of a grasp of the English language you think you've got, there are always some words which you, you may have come across whilst reading. Um, you're, you're familiar with what it means or how it's used. But then when you actually come to vocalise it or use it in a conversation... You don't know what you're doing. Yeah, but I, I mean, I'm quite proud of that. I think that's that's the self-educated people. That's the people who didn't have clever people to tell them what it means, but they were reading it anyway. Well, yeah, that, that's all right. But this is this is you know about the the anxiety or and or embarrassment which comes from you, you drop a word into a conversation because you know it should be there. But no, you do that. Well, I would. I'm... You love a big word. Yeah, but I've, I've I've been there enough times where you mumble it out. It comes up and you go for it. Oh yeah, that was. I think. I think. I think. Volavon. I can do volavon. So I don't know if that's a good example because that's that's obviously just French. But it's it's those sort of words that we want to look at today. The ones which strike fear into the heart of grown men and women. <laughs> women. Oh dear. Yeah, oh, we'll women. get onto that feminist topic a little later. I mean, this kind of came about. We were talking about this recently about people using words. Not incorrectly, but they, they, they know what I wanted to say, but they've just pronounced it a bit wrong. Um, my example was a work colleague of mine. Uh, we both had, we both had uh, backpacks at work and uh, she said to me, oh, look at, our, look at our bags together. They could be, they could be bossom buddies. And at that point, I, I, I had to stop her and just kind of say, hang on, did you, did you say bossom? And then I had to, we had to go through the, the, the whole use of the word bosom and, and, and so forth. So we're going to look at a few more of those. Um, I think one that I want to start with, which which I think we'll come back to, is is foe, as in F A U X. People are using it as fox. Uh, I, I'm sure that's Americans. I can't well, believe a self-respecting Brit would do that. Folks. Uh, fox. 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 Faux pas. Fox. Fox pass. Fox pass. My thing is words that in your brain you've known for like years how to say it, but then you realise only when you say it in front of someone else that you've never actually known how to say it because you've only ever seen it written down. (laughs) 
Have you got any uh, personal um, examples? Um, I'm trying to think of what I had recently. I said something to you not that long ago, and it was wrong, but now I've forgotten what it was. Um, yeah, I can't... I'll I'll come I, back to that. It's difficult, because It's not I, a well-prepared podcast, can you tell? No, nah, what's well, episode one? Episode one. We're just testing things. We're just purging. We're just putting things out purging. there right now. All the bad shit. Uh, so, uh, we looked around, um, and obviously Reddit is always going to come to our aid. So, we, we looked at some of the stuff there. So, we'll read out a couple of those. Uh, so, faux pass... Faux pass? Fox pass. I'm, I'm mixing them up now. <laughs> so, yeah, there was one guy who said, uh, not me, but my 33-year-old buddy... He pronounces it fox and not foe. Now he just says it like that to be an ass. So that's that's fair enough. Um, keeping with the foe side of things, we can come to a very, uh, well, one of our favourite foods. The I didn't know how to pronounce this until not that long ago. Well, no. I, I learned, So we're, we're talking about the Vietnamese, is it the Vietnamese national dish? That's pretty big one yeah so it's, it's a pretty big dish um it's like the the, the noodle soup. soup the noodle soup so um it's pronounced it's spelled p-h-o pho but it's actually pronounced pho as in f-u-h um i only learned this because uh, i think it's eat the the chain in london was so kind to put it on the tubs of pho that they were selling pronounced pho i think i learned it because i saw a uh like a little cafe and it was called pho up and I was like, oh, right, that makes sense. Okay, got you. Oh, puns can save us all. Um, I quite like this one. Uh, facade. Would you pronounce that facade? I pronounce it facade, but uh, to go into my Frenchiness, it's because in French it would have a little sedilla under the uh, C, which would mean that it was a sur sound. Uh, so this guy says, facade. I used to think it was said with a hard C. I knew the spoken word facade. I knew the spoken word facade as it should be said, but I never linked up. That's how you sped it. I used to think they were two separate words. So you, you sped it. Sped it, yeah. You sped it. Well, yeah, we're talking, yes. Okay, I, I think what will become apparent in maybe this episode and the next couple of load of episodes, uh, I, I can't talk for shit. Um, but I, I just like the fact that this could be pronounced facard. See, uh, yeah, and it, words that come from other languages are always going to be more difficult because you, you're pronouncing it not based on how it's written, you're pronouncing it based on how it's supposed to be presented pronounced in that original language like fa facade it's not kind of it's not your fault it's because it's a different language that's a bit some of the other ones like what we've got like flipping quinoa who knows how to pronounce quinoa i mean who knew what quinoa was like five years ago where did that come from quinoa 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 yeah probably what i would have said quinoa i struggled for that for a while no, well, I, I mean i didn't even what what is it when did it when did that pop up no one knew what that was when we were kids Peruvians did. That's true. Um, that and, true. And another word which came from French. This this is one of my favourites. Uh, there's another guy online. My first time ever seeing the word quiche. I was working in a restaurant and asked my co-workers, WTF, quiche was. That was my nickname for a long time. Oh, I've remembered what the other one was. Quiche. It's a classic. What? Segway. Segway? So, segway as in, ooh, nice segway into that other part of the podcast. S-E-G-U-E. Seagu. Seagu. Seag. Oh, no. That's confusing. Segway. And that's why then you've got Segway as in the one that the man drove off the cliff, where he yeah. spelled it the way that you say it, but it's not actually spelt that way. And people either spell it wrong or say it wrong. Oh. I never knew this. There you go. Segway. Seag. I never knew that. Seagu. Seagu. Seag. This is one of the things I need to go and check. 
What, what are you calling me a liar? No, no, no. But that, that, these are one. That's one of those instances. Where I'm like, shit. I've, what, I've been, what did you, how did you think it was spelled? Oh, I, I don't know. S Sieg. You Sieg into something. Segway. Segway into something. Sieg. There you go. And that is it. That is the the case perfectly okay. proven. Uh, the next one we've got is uh, someone saying, I remember reading buffet wrong as a kid when we were in a car driving past a restaurant. Fam thought it was funny. Buffet. Buffet. Little... Buffet. Buffet. Hey, I thought Happy Eater was called Happy Easter. We all make mistakes as a child. Um, what have we got here? Uh, I mean... The, the... Oh, yeah. Meme. Definitely. I had no idea how to say meme when, when memes first came out. Well, the, the, the internet is, is a big problem because a lot of people will read stuff online and obviously it's producing a lot of internet. And the internet... In... The internet is uh, creating silly words for no reason. Meme. Yep. Someone Mimi. decided it was going to be called that. Mimi. Um, I quite like pseudo as pasuedo. I did this until I started dating my wife. I still say it sometimes, though. I might start using that. Persuado. How often do you say pseudo? I say it quite a lot. That's that's pseudo cool, Ian. Persuado cool. Persuado. Well, that's could... the name of your new band. Or... Persuado cool. I quite like Persuado. It's a band name. I was going to say um, maybe a superhero. Persuado. Yeah. And then we did have quinoa down here. But um, whatever, we've already touched on that. Uh, so we don't have to go in order. It's okay. Sh- chauffeur. It's a free world, Ian. Yeah, but we're reading. Chauffeur. I'm not. Always pronounced it as chaffer. That's just weird. Chaffer. I disagree with that. I think chauffeur is not spelt that weirdly that you can't figure out how to say it. I don't know. If I think back as back to my days as a, as a young street urchin and I would have picked something off the street advertising a, a chaffer... <laughs> You picked something up oh, off the street. I'm imagining something here. But if I would have picked it up as a kid and I would have tried to have spelt that out in my head and then tried to spell it out phonetically, chaffer. I was just a child prodigy, clearly. Yeah. Uh, so let's just quickly fire. I'm gonna I'm gonna read these words out to you in how they're how they're spelt, basically how phonetically, and you can just confirm the correct pronunciation. Oh, no pressure. Uh, well, this one, actually, if I say it, how it's spelled... That's just Americans. It's just Americans. We could do an entire podcast on just the way that different pronunciations in different countries on the same word. Okay, so this, this word is, is niche. We would say niche. We would never say niche. Niche. The, the Americans go with the niche, which doesn't make any sense because an E on the end. Niche. Just like that. That's what dictionary.com will give you, which upsets me. Go to, go to dictionary.co.uk. That's, I'm, I'm doing it wrong. You are doing it wrong. Uh, what about hyperbole? Hyperbole. Oh, very well done. That, if any word in this whole list and podcast scares me, it's that one. Let me just quickly check that. We know the dictionary. Hyperbole. Hyperbole. There you go. Dictionary.com can't be trusted. Well, in certain instances, it can. Um, what else have we got on here? Paradigm. Paradigm. Oh, very nice. Phlegm. Phlegm. It's a disgusting word. I hate well, it. It's a disgusting thing. I know. It works so well. It, it, it really suits its purpose, but phlegm. 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 Uh, crudite. Crudite. Oh, yeah, that, that one's... That That's because it's Frenchified That's again. a new one on me. It's all finger food, isn't it? It's all little things served Because at finger food has all been taken from French. Bloody French. Horses, duvers. <laughs> uh, potpourri. Potpourri. Yeah, well, I think. Do you know what that means? What? It means rotten pot. 
Does it? Yeah, a bit disgusting. Why does it? A, why? Do you want to have a little smell of my rotten pot? When did rotten rotten pots start to smell so good? Uh, when you added fake smells to the rotten pots. Well, why call it rotten pot? Well, I don't know. That's it's the French again. Well, I don't know if they called it that. That's just what it means. Okay. Uh, I've put, I've put um, almond down here. How would you pronounce that? I say almond. You say almond. Because, yeah, that was one of the things I saw. Like, the correct pronunciation of that particular nut is A-H-M-U-N-D. Almond. Almond. But isn't that depending on where you're from? Well, I don't know. But that, that seemed to be the one that, that came up the most. Well, I mean, I am BBC. So. Almond. Almond. Um, How do you say Folk. I can't say folk. I, 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 but look. Queer as folk. F- folk. I really, I, get, I, I get nervous when I try and say it. Folk. F- how, folk. Folk. How, folk. How do you say the, the thing that Italians eat a lot of? What? Pasta. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? Pasta. I'm going to go to the Italian restaurant and I'm going to order some pasta. Pasta. Well, you say pasta now. You didn't the other night, did you? Oh. You went, oh, are we having some pasta? Well, this is this is a bit different. This is a this bit... is when you when your fake poshness gets to a whole new level. There you go. Oh, fake, oh, pasta. Well, this accent I've constructed isn't yes. isn't easy to maintain. Um, One podcast, Ian's going to do it in his real accent. If if you if you listen to music in a club and you're on the floor, what are you like to dance? Dance. Um, <laughs> Shit. I'm going to pop my collar. <laughs> I'm going to cut that bit. Um, <laughs> you can't cut it, Ian. Once it's in the podcast, it's in the podcast. Uh, fields are, uh, are green. Glory. What? Fields are green because they're covered in grass. But that's just a southern northern thing. I'm just checking these out. Okay. Um, all right. Okay, let's go back to the list. Acai. 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 Berry. I just try and now I, I never knew that. I, I can't remember when I found that out, but now I try and remember it like the beer. Asai. Ah, asai. Say it often enough, let your brain catch up. Asai. Asai. Not akai. That's... I used to think it was achai. I used to think it was, yeah. Um, a couple of... When I was looking around for these, these don't really fit into this category of people not knowing how to pronounce them, but just people mispronouncing things because they didn't know it was like... Um, someone put here, I heard someone say obese in a sentence. Um, they thought it was the correct pronunciation of obese. Uh, this guy busted out laughing. I busted out laughing when I read this. Uh, you busted out laughing. I busted out laughing while sat at my desk. That's that kind of laughter you can't control. Okay. It, it, it happened. I, I just, I, I would like to start using this word. What, obese? Obese. You're such, you're, su- you're such an obese. That doesn't work, does it? It could be like the, the thing that kids are scared of. The, the morbid, obese. The morbid obese. And this one, uh, this guy said, it sounded the same, but chest of drawers. I always thought it was Chester drawers, like a, like a cartoon character. I, th- I, think, I think that's fair enough. Yeah, but... Well, I, I can see where he's I've, coming from. Yeah, but I, I think uh, we, we could create a character called Chester drawers. Well, um, does he play well with Persuado? Yeah, Chester drawers, Persuado and the Obeast. Yeah, what a fun little band of guys. <laughs> Roaming around. Um... Uh, so, we didn't. We didn't do the the best one, Ian. What's the best one? The best one is um, what what is that lovely white powder that you put on babies to keep their bottoms dry? Talcum powder. Talcum powder. How do you pronounce this? Talcum powder. Talc. Talc. You don't say talk. Oh, I'll get some talk. When I get out of the shower, I like to cover myself in talcum powder. Too talc. much information, Ian. Too talcum much information. Powder. It doesn't have to be the shower. It could be the bath. 
It could be a swimming pool. Any any old time of day, really. Any oh, body of water. Let's get that talcum powder out. <laughs> Who talcum powder? I mean, that's not a thing. It's too late for me now. We're moving on. What are we moving on to, Annabelle? Uh, what we're we moving on to? We're we moving on to things that we have read, watched, and listened to recently. Yes, we are. Oh, that's good to know, Ian. Um, so this is just what we what we've come across recently, and uh, what what we thought of it. it. What we thought of it, mate. What, mate? What we thought of it, mate. Oh, yeah. Right, so here, yeah, we're, we're going to look at what film or films have we seen recently that we thought were worth talking about. Um, I want you to go first with this one. Uh, am I talking about The Martian? You're talking about The Martian. Okay. St- starring Matt Damon. Starring Matt Damon. As directed. And a ton of other famous actors who don't really do very much. Mm. Directed by Ridley Scott. Yep. Off you go. Overall, I enjoyed it. Good film. Very long. Very long. Um... I mean, I suppose it is long when you're stuck on Mars for like, what is it, nine years or something? I think it's four. Eh, nine, four. If that. Same difference. If it was a long time for him, it was a long time for us. No, it was good. I really enjoyed the fact that it wasn't about the emotional impact on being stuck by yourself on an uninhabited, very desolate planet four years away from home. It was more about just the science and how he got out of it and what he was planning to do and made it much more interesting. Um... They got. They did bring together an impressive cast of well-known people. Yes, indeed. Who really didn't need to be in it all that much. Yeah. Got to say. Okay, so I, I wanted you to go first because I've got a slightly different take on it because I I read the book over Christmas. Um, and if you, the book is. I can I can attest to the fact that Ian read the book over Christmas because he would randomly swear while reading it and then get quite annoyed with it but then go back to it quite a lot and it was it was it was interesting watching him yeah well okay okay if you look at it it's a very sort of highly rated book a lot of people love it um and i didn't get that i i enjoyed the story i mean the thing about it it's sci-fi but it's it's very plausible it's very heavy on the science um but i i almost put it down i remember the first chapter or whatever i i almost didn't make it through it the thing that really annoyed me about the book was the, the, the humour, the attempts at humour. And, you know, fair enough, it, the guy's a first-time book and whatever. But it really sort of rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, yes, it did. But whilst reading it, I, I, I think I was saying it would make a great film. This, you did this, say this. That's why I wanted to see the film, because you kept saying, shit book, good film. It would be a good film. Um, and seeing the film, yeah, I liked it. I, I've tried to think about it since we watched it, but... I, all I can say is I think it's solid. I think it, it's... Yeah, it's it good. It's not in my, oh, best films of 2015. If, if I never saw it again, I wouldn't be upset. But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the two and a half hours or however long it was that I spent in the cinema watching it. I did enjoy it. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it is well made. The, the fact that it's a Ridley Scott film is a bit puzzling because I don't think there's a lot of it's not very. It. It's not very Ridley. It's not very Ridley at all. Matt Damon's, Matt Damon's very good in He's it. He's great in it. Um, I mean, there was one bit, my favourite bit, in it without trying to give too much away obviously he's stranded on mars he he's finding a way to survive uh the, the, the sort of the habitat that he's got is damaged and there's a point where he's trying to sort of count how many how much food he's got left and he can just hear the wind battering the structure and you know he's not really saying anything he's trying to count and that that for me was like one of the best bits of the film it says so much he he could die at any minute i thought that was really cool there are, there are subtle differences to the book. They've they've obviously done the whole Hollywood thing on the ending. I think I need to check that again. There's there's a few bits in there. It, it was enjoyable, but yeah, come back to your point about them using all these people to be in it. Like what's her name, Kristen Wiig? Yeah, she's in it. Her character in the book is quite fiery and sweary, and then in 
in the actual film, she just kind of huffs and oh, oh, you, oh Jesus, oh, oh, oh God. I'm not sure she sounds quite like that, but she does, you know, she, she that's kind of, the point. She yeah, she just kind of does that through the whole. She, she she's not really used in it. Yeah, there's there's quite a lot of people. In it. I was very happy to see Sean Bean in it. Yeah, sure. Doesn't die. Doesn't, Gonna give that away. Doesn't right die. Now. Uh, that would that would. He had the best moment in the film. No, I've just said the, the bit with Matt Damon was my oh, best. Oh, right. yep. No, backpedaling now. No, there there is a bit with him which I really enjoyed. I'm not going to go into it because I don't want to ruin it. But Sean Sean Bean loves anyway, seeing him. Let's uh, rate it out of five, Ian. Three. I'll give it three and a half. Okay. Now we're going with a five rating. I'd say go see. Would would see. Yeah. Recommend. Check, check yeah. it out. It's it's yeah. Do you know what? I feel like what you've done where you've said. Oh, it was a really well-rated book and everyone loved it, but it didn't do it for me. Are we just really grumpy? Because, I mean, I'm not. I, there's a lot of things I really like, but for, for by poor coincidence, in this podcast, I uh, the book that I decided that I was going to talk about, which I've not even finished yet, I'm about, according to my Kindle, 52% of the way through, and may have taken a small pause at the minute, actually. Sounds like a slog. Um, and it's not even a slog. So the book... The book that I'm talking about is uh, The Girl in the Road by Monica Byrne. And on paper, it should be everything that I really like. So, like, I like uh, sci-fi books. I like science-based books. So, again, it's that sort of Martian style, I suppose. Um, but this has got supposedly got quite a feminist edge. So, Monica Byrne, it's actually her first ever book that she's released. And she won the James Tiptree for it uh, in 2014. And um, she actually has a master's degree in geochemistry from MIT. So she's saying if she hadn't been writing that book, she'd be in a lab somewhere anyway. And the book is very much about, it's based um, in two different time zones. One is in the 2060s and one is some time before that. And it's two stories of two characters, Mina and Mariama, which are running parallel, but they're in different places and at different times in the world. And it's all about India and Africa and the fact that the world um, has, has been forced to all come together. Water is rising. So the highest, driest places like Ethiopia, which were previously non-existent and, and you know weren't the powers of the world, and now the ones that are, everyone is gravitating towards, um, and then there's this huge, uh, what's called the trail, which is basically like a, a, a ocean crossing man-made structure, which is to help water control, which this girl is actually trying to cross on foot all the way from India to Africa. Um, and again, I've only read 52% of it, but in theory, it's interesting. And there's loads of kind of cool gadgets and it kind of should be good, but I just have no desire to find out what happens to the characters at the minute. I might get into it more. I might give you an update next uh, in the next um, episode. But at the minute, it's just, it's it's like so wanting to be feminist that it's just kind of annoying with the way that it's being. And it's all about open sexuality and, you know, who they're having sex with. Doesn't matter if it's male or female. And uh, it's... It, it just seems to jump between you can't decide what it is so um i'd i'd be it's one of those books that i'd love to read in a book club because i want other people's opinions on it because is it just me being a bit grumpy and i'm missing the point um or or would other people kind of feel similarly to me okay yeah so th- this is quite a, passionate about it in a yeah. weird way uh, so so this is a, a like a very highly rated book did you say well it won the james tiptree award um and which is like a sci-fi award yeah and 
and it's well reviewed and it's had a lot like it had a, a you know she got reviewed in the guardian as an author and herself and and she's obviously a fascinating person because she's super intelligent and has a lot to say for herself and isn't just about some random you know vampire based fiction or whatever but it it just doesn't it's not working for me at the minute dear uh is that is that it for your books well I, I mean i could mention so the other thing just uh, i'm so grumpy what's wrong with me go for it let it out um so when I was, uh, we're actually putting the links up um, to everything that we're talking about today. So all the books, all the films, etc. You can find them on perceptionissues.com. Um, and when I was uh, going to get the links so that we had it ready to put up on the site off Amazon, I saw that the Amazon's recommended book, you know, when they say, oh, if you bought this book, you might like to buy this book, is The Girl on the Train. Now, I've also coincidentally read The Girl on the Train. And it's also a very highly rated book, although that's more in popularity than it is in, I think, kind of literary rating. It's more lots of people have bought it rather than it being, you know, amazing work of literature. Um, And there is nothing in common other than the fact that they both have the word girl in the title. Um, But again, Girl on the Train. So Girl on the Train um, is about a woman who gets the same train every day and her marriage has broken down. Um, It's by Paula Hawkins, by the way. Um, so this girl, Rachel, she everything's kind of gone wrong for her and she's become an alcoholic and she's just depressed and she's like sharing um, a, a house with someone that she doesn't want to be sharing a house with and she's lost everything. And she notices, she's watching these people whose houses back onto the train line and she's invented entire backstories for them and giving them names and they're kind of the thing that keep her interested because she she almost enjoys getting the train into London to work every day because she's waiting to see her favourite characters. And then she notices um, something happening between two of the characters and then the next day that uh, the woman of this couple disappears um, and no one really knows what's going on and so Rachel almost feels like she's the only person that might actually have some insight into this couple but because she's a depressed alcoholic no one's going to take her seriously and she's been you know haranguing her oh, good word go me um harangue you harangue you she's been haranguing her ex-husband and his new wife and their baby um so everyone just thinks she's nuts so and the thor- the, the story is really interesting in principle and and I have zero sympathy with the character. It's like, uh, she's an alcoholic, she's had a tough life. Yeah, s- sort of. She's not the first person that whose marriage has broken down. It, it, it's crap, but other people have managed to deal with it. And having to listen to her whine and whine and whine all the time in the book just didn't really get me on side towards her. Um, and I did guess the ending about two thirds of the way through the book, which was a little Ooh. frustrating. Um so definitely not as interesting, but but my point just on that book was just mm, Amazon. What? Really? Not the same audience at all. At all. Girl in the Road, Girl on the Train, happen to have similarly sounding titles, not related at all. You need to improve your algorithm, Amazon. Makes me want to go and look now. Are there books called Girl in the Car? Probably. Girl on the Plane. I think there's a lot of girl-related books. I actually think, so um, Girl on the Train, I read somewhere, I think it was supposed to originally be called Woman on the Train. But they changed it after the success of Gone Girl. Yeah, okay. Because Gone, Gone Girl and Girl on the Train are very kind of similar styles and backgrounds. It's that, that sort of messed up, divorced, marriage, people aren't quite what they seem vibe. Um, and yeah, so apparently they changed it to Girl on the Train. Because she's not a girl, she's a woman, she's a divorcee. Just because they want to tap into that market. Ransom test groups. Yeah. We found... Should we call it woman? Should we call it girl? We found that girl's goals higher. Yeah. Let's go with that. 
Okay, so... It's so, like in... Um, in always makes you think of House of Cards when they tell her that she needs to dye her hair back because it scores higher. Oh, yes. Probably just ruined that for someone out mm. there. Sorry about that. No, I think that's fine. That's that's spoiler safe. Um, not not too great on books then this this episode then. No, but I do have others backed up that are in, in much more in my yes. These are good ones. So for my book uh, this episode, I'm actually talking about a graphic novel. Da da da. I know that some people struggle with the term graphic novel. Well, yes, we did. I mean, I'm going to be open about it. We some friends last weekend found out that we um, that we both like graphic novels, and we've struggled to explain to them what a graphic novel is. And it, you know, it doesn't just have to be a Beano-looking comic. Yeah, or it's about... a novel that is written in graphic format. I mean, the clue's in the name. Yeah, and it's not about superheroes. And it's not. I mean, it can be. That's the point. That's the that's the thing. When I'm like, I have no shame about it and i have no issue saying well I, I do like graphic novels involving superheroes but it doesn't have to be about superheroes it can be about anything it can be about history yep i'm just going to read this, this this description of the graphic novel because i, I, re- I read it probably about six weeks ago <laughs> so you've forgotten what it is no now. no 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 i just really i really liked it and i, I just don't want to do it a, oh yeah yeah jolly service. moment That's yeah good. so i really like this better. and I, I don't really know how you pronounce it Okay. Because the, the, the graphic novel is called Asterios Polyp um, by David Mazzuccelli. Uh, so the, this is the description. The title character, Asterios Polyp, is where, a... Prof- do we know where David Mazzuccelli is from? Probably New York. Right. It's, it's a professor and architect of Greek and Italian descent who teaches at Cornell University in Ithaca, New York. After a lightning strike burns up his apartment, he leaves the city on a Greyhound bus and takes up employment as an auto mechanic in the town of Apogee, somewhere in America. The farthest point his money will take him. The novel is interspersed with, spe- with scenes from his past, ostensibly narrated by his stillborn twin brother, Ignacio, including his childhood and troubled marriage, as well as dreams and allegorical sequences. Finally, Asterios must not only confront his own flawed nature, but the implacable... Im- Im- uh, yeah? Yeah, talking about mispronunciation here. And a moral whims of the gods themselves. It's quite a complicated description, Ian. It is. It may have lost me halfway through. It's a very complicated book. Um, literally, yeah, this this guy, you're sort of spinning backwards and forwards through his life. Um, you, you sort of join him at the point where, as it says here, lightning has struck his apartment block and everything goes to shit. So he's outside in the rain and he's just like, right, I've got this much money. Gets on the bus. How far will this take me? Gets off. And he, I don't know, he just kind of retreats from the life he was living. Um, and then it sort of flashes backwards and forwards through... Um, his uh his his marriage his relationships in the past um how he thinks of his stillborn brother um ignacio um and what could have been um and just sort of how his kind of he's very full of himself and his opinion and the way that he sees the world and how that kind of drove a wedge between him and i, I really can't remember the name of the the woman he's with uh but it's so well so well presented that the, the illustration and, and the way it's designed is it's it's great and it's got a great color scheme of a kind of largely made up of pink and blue um very similar to uh, what we've got on perceptionissues.com um <laughs> nice. so yeah i was thinking about that when i was uh, looking at it the other day i know when i love something because as i'm reading it i'm thinking i need to reread this already i'm enjoying oh, i'm just i'm just you've, in- you've sold me i'm gonna read it yeah it's 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 really it's just really cool um, so check it out. Uh, Asterius Polyp by David Mazzuccelli. David Mazzuccelli. Good name. Um, what are we going to go on to next? 
TV. TV. Television. Uh, we're just going to pop into TV, I think, this week. I think well, we, we, we we'll don't spend do... some more time on TV another time. We don't do television in the in the traditional sense. In the sense. traditional sense. No. Yeah, so uh, sorry, Australia, we love you. Um, and we, we love our lives here. But uh, Australian terrestrial television is the worst yeah. um, and very painful. Um, so we don't tend... In fact, we just don't watch television in the traditional just don't do sense. It. And, and we're far too poor to be able to afford to pay for Foxtel. So um, Netflix all the way, really. Netflix or, for, or the, for this particular show. Uh, uh, BBC iPlayer. No, this is Channel 4. Oh, sorry. I don't even know what Channel 4, On Demand. Well, it's, no, it's called All 4 now. Oh, jeez, I wish they'd stop changing So it's All 4. Should yeah. we sing the theme tune? You, you, sing, you sing the theme tune. <laughs> In a perfect world. In a perfect world. In a perfect world. I'm the sloth on the sofa work sofa right now. So yeah, we're talking about Gogglebox. We both, we both want to talk about Gogglebox. Uh, and it's much more to us than a television show about people watching television. Because that's what it is. It's just people in their homes watching television with cameras on them. Yeah. Um, and actually, you should Google it. Look up what it looks like to be the people watching, to be the people who feature on Gogglebox and what their living rooms look like. The way that they're able to just act so naturally, considering what the setup looked like, yeah. I have no idea how they do it. It's ridiculous. So it's, it's, it's sets of different families up and down the UK um, who are literally watching and reacting to television shows, which are kind of subscribed to them by the producers of the show. Um and I think, I don't know, I, I know personally, when I heard about Gogglebox, I was just like... Phew. We didn't watch it for, no. like, seasons and seasons. We didn't watch the first Even four. though it was huge in the UK already. I just thought it was one of those sort of dumb reality TV things. Like, I kind of wrote it off as like, oh, why, why do you watch people watching TV? And then I don't know why we watched I think we watched, like, a best of or just happened to... Yeah, we, wa- we watched, like, a Christmas special or something. And it is great. It, it is really funny. It's very human. It's... Um, it's well, we have a phrase now, it's like the end of Gogglebox, because they, they will finish with um, largely an emotional piece. Well, actually, I think what, got, what we came from that, because they watched Gladiator. Oh, and everyone, everyone when he goes back to his wife And everyone, everyone's what? in tears at the end, which then affects you much more than it really should. Yeah, um, Gladiator never affected me no. as much as Gogglebox watching Gladiator did. It's, it's incredible. I'm, I'm going to have to get other people to watch things to then feel it a little bit more but the thing with Gogglebox as we both agreed is it's not just this television show watching watching television shows it really keeps us um, in tune and connected to the UK more than in tune and connected to the UK <laughs> woo do I work in marketing um, I was going to say a lifeline <laughs> it's a lifeline to pop culture back home when you have, I mean, you know, you can always get stuff. The, the problem with only with being reliant on iPlayer and all four and whatever the other ones are called is that you only watch something if you decide to watch it. You never accidentally catch anything, mm. which is which is what happens when you're watching real television. Yeah. So suddenly seeing stuff on Gogglebox where you see that little news clip about what, you know, Boris Johnson did this week and that sort of stuff. We we just don't get that normally. So yeah. it really, it really is just that little extra closeness to home. It's some some of the best coverage of say like the the general election or things like that. Yeah. You, do you really get a feel for how people are reacting to it or what's going on? Um, love it. Yeah, quite fascinating how different people are as well in, yeah. in what they believe. 
what they think. So Gogglebox, we both we both love that. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. not all highbrow. I think the next thing we're going to look at is uh, trailers. It's oh, trailers, yeah. Annabelle, because we we, we, yeah, we watch more trailers than we do television. That's the that's the age we live in. So I've got the descriptions here of uh, a couple of trailers that we've seen very recently that we we like. So I'll just I'll just read these out. Um, we're going to start with Anomalisa. Yeah, I still can't quite get used to the name. Anomalisa. So let me just read the description without saying anything else about the film. This is um, so this is the description of Anomalisa. Michael Stone. An author of books on the subject of customer service struggles with his inability to connect with people. One night, while on a routine business trip, he meets a stranger who changes his worldview. Now, you you pass me that, I'm just going to say thanks. Okay, I'll get around to that at some point. But the, the, the whole point with this film is that it's... Um, Snooty. It's, well, yeah, I, I read that. I'm like, oh, no, I'm, I'm off that alone. I'm not interested. But you watch the trailer, the film is completely stop-motion animation um uh, and it's directed by charlie kaufman 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 it's kaufman but charlie kaufman who uh he what he wrote being john malkovich adaptation yeah. uh Cynodoki, new york synecdoche it's synecdoche isn't it oh god <laughs> if, anyone, if anyone knows let us know synecdoche that's what i'm gonna go with synecdoche it's s-y-n-e-d-o-c-h-e yeah, but I, I, I think this is one of those ones. Sinet, Sinet the Right, let's just leave it. He directed that film, so he's quite well known for. Yeah, he's 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 big in the writing more than anything. Yeah. Uh, did he also write um, Eternal Sunshine and Spotless yes, Mind? Yes, he did. Yeah, I would say go, go and watch the trailer. Um, there are some great. <laughs> Never mind. Don't watch the film. Just watch the trailer. Watch the trailer. The the link will be on perceptionissues.com. Um, but it, it's getting rave reviews, isn't it? Uh, from yes, yeah, so well, so. the, the trailer really tells know. me so. The trailer says so. <laughs> the, the trailer is very compelling. I I, yeah, I definitely want to see it. Okay, the next one um, sort of came out of nowhere. We saw this. Never heard of it. Uh, so this is a film called American Hero. Try googling that. Good luck. So the description I've got here is Melvin, played by Stephen Dorff. He's a troublemaker extraordinaire living in the hurricane-battered housing projects in New Orleans. Uh, he's about to lose custody of his son. Uh, he's got little time to shape. He's got little time to shape up fast. Who wrote this? Will he succeed in cleaning up his act? Or I'm actually just making this up now. Uh, Melvin actually has superpowers. Don't Will- ruin the trailer, why don't you? Well, it says it here. No, you see, you know that. So the thing is with this trailer, you see it and you think it's going to be some sort of indie sort of based in New Orleans kind of... Well, so Stephen Dorff. Yes. Stefan, Stephen, whatever. <laughs> Dorff. Dorff. And uh, the last thing that we saw him in was... Uh, somewhere? Yeah, Somewhere, the Sofia Coppola one, which was very, very indie and floaty light and all that stuff. Blech. So seeing as that's kind of been his sort of comeback, that's exactly what I was expecting. Yeah. It didn't stay that way. So it, it, it very quickly comes apparent that, you know, this, this isn't a spoiler. Melvin has powers to move, move things. Move things with his mind. Move things with his mind. So he, he is the kind of guy who's just out getting wrecked every night. Um, so he's just constantly hammered, has an episode, basically dies, goes to the hospital. He, he's dead for a few minutes and then he has one of those, I'm going to sort myself out kind of um, sort of moments. 
So it's it's you know you can see there's some training going on in there. It just it looks brilliant. It just looks great fun. It looks great. I'm excited about it. Never heard of it before. Watched the trailer. One over. So yeah, that's pretty much it. So I think what we're planning to do with every episode here is just end on a piece of music. But we haven't got time to listen to two pieces of music. So oh, have you got a coin? Uh, yes. So what we 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 both come to the table with a piece of music. You say piece of music, just a what? track. You know what? We haven't actually spoken to one another about this. What if you have the same piece of music? Well, that would be interesting. I, th- I, th- I think we shouldn't every time and see if we both have the same piece of music. It's a 20 cent piece. Are you any good at flipping coins? No, I'm terrible I at flipping flip coins. coins for shit. Um, I wanted to be a referee, but I just couldn't flip coins. Everything else is fine, though. Yeah. Hated he- by all sides. Heads or tails? Heads, please. Mm, tails never fails. <laughs> Uh, yep, you can tell by the sound effect that that coin flipping went spot on. It's heads. It's heads. Do I get to play my song? So before you get to play your song, actually tell us what your yeah you get. Well, to... It's just I mean, it's very predictable for me. I feel, but I just thought you know why why be less obvious? Okay. Which is um, it's Anna by Will Butler, which I, it's been one of the catchiest songs I've listened to in quite some weeks. Excellent. It's, it's a good, it is a good one. It's got a very good video as well. It has a good video, but it's just it's it's just cheery. I felt like you know I know you were going to go something morbid, so I went cheery. <laughs> the morbid obese. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to go morbid. Oh, I was okay. I was going to play a song by Christine and Queens. Oh okay, yeah. I, I actually looked at that and I was like, well, I'm not going to do that because he would totally do that. So I was going to play what is now called Night Fifty Two uh, by Christine and the Queens because stop translating people. Story between, behind Christine the Queens is uh, she's a French artist who released um, an album, would have been last year, wouldn't it? End of last year? Ages ago. How do I pronounce this? Chaleur Chalorumain. There we go. Um, I had a go. Um, so it's a, a, largely in French. Way before, no, more than a year ago. Yeah, it was largely in French. Um, yeah. And now I was a bit surprised because it was it. I don't think it was ever on Spotify. Um, and then it's just popped up because it's been repackaged, yeah, re-recorded, singles, but she didn't have the album on uh, to be released in America because that's still still the big one. So um, there'll be a link to that. And she's got loads of uh, cool American artists now featuring on it, which she didn't have before. Do you say American? American artists. There's no need to pick me up on these things. <laughs> that would have just that that would have flown under the right. right. <laughs> The radar. <laughs> I am from South Africa. Uh, yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it, Ian. It's fine. Oh, I'll remember that moment. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, go to perceptionissues.com to get the links to all the things we've spoken about. And we're going to now play Anna by Will Butler. Thank you for listening. I should say also, because we talked about Christine and the Queens and we didn't talk about the song that we're playing, we're actually playing. So, Will Butler is of Arcade Fire fame, but not the most famous of Arcade Fire fame. He's the brother of Wynn. Good work there, parents. Um, and he's released a, a solo album and he has done a couple of videos to this. One, th- this is like the first big track off the album. That um, the, He's done a video of just himself, which is a super low-key, low-production value um, one of him doing some very good dancing. And then he's got another much higher production value, which has got Emma Stone in it. It's kind of been all over YouTube, um, which is also equally as uh, endearing. So, uh, yeah, here we go. Here's Anna by Will Butler. Uh, Hello. Um, It's future Ian here. Um, Just to let you know, unfortunately, we've had to remove 
the songs that we originally played at the end of these episodes or this episode sorry um, just because we don't want to get sued um, we, we had a good run nobody came after us but you know we don't we don't want to get a letter one day from some obscure indie label telling us that we're using their music and we shouldn't be uh, so yeah the, the, the tracks that we mentioned please uh, come and find them on uh, perceptionshoes.com uh, we would have uh, hopefully if you know we've got it all together we would have posted them in with the episode itself sorry about that I would like to have left them in but is it worth it? don't know sorry I'm going to go sort out the dishwasher that you can hear in the background bye bye